breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio with uh, Bossier City Mayor Tommy Chandler. Uh, Tommy, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for braving this weather to come out and see us. Oh, and yes, bear sir. gifts, by the way. Yeah, brought oh, yeah. brought biscuits again. You're awesome. Water burger. Water burger yeah. biscuit. <laughs> Very <laughs> delicious. Very delicious. <laughs> okay, Tommy. The uh, the Diamond Jacks plan has gone now from Foundation Gaming to Cordish. Uh, was Foundation just getting that license so they could flip it? I mean, that's what everybody's suspicious of. They bought it and from the Diamond Jacks people, and, and they're just flipping it now to make a buck. Are they going to make a profit on this deal? I suppose so. I mean, you, you sell something for a profit for everything. But uh, we've been talking to Don Mitchell and that group of people at Foundation Gaming over the past year or so. They've been Now, I heard you say yesterday that you hadn't seen no work out there. They have over 65 people out there every day. And really? if you go inside, see, they're gutting out the interior. Okay. And they, they're almost already halfway through, and they've only been in over a month or so. Well, because they said the first thing that would happen would be the boat would go away, and the boat's still there. And I'm like, uh Yeah. Well, I mean, the boat's not really in the way. They just need to get in with the okay. hotel and start gutting it out and getting it moving. And uh, they have, I saw, I mean, I hadn't had a chance to go in, but my inspectors and permit people have looked, took in, taken pictures, and they have done a lot of work in there. Mm-hmm. So, Rodney Johns talked to us yesterday, and he said, although this sale has been approved by the Gaming Commission, uh, he said it still might not go through. Do you foresee any issues, or do you see uh, everything hopefully moving smoothly forward? Um, when I've talked to Ronnie Johns, he's he's been very excited, you know. And, you know, because, you know, I'd be excited about it. I don't see any kind of, you know, problem going in between this sale. Because we, we met with the, all the foundation and Cordish last week, sat down with, I don't know, 20 people with it, you know, even, even the builder and stuff. And all of them are excited. They showed us plans. They showed us, you know, their enthusiasm. I mean, this, if you've been to uh, Texas Life over in Arlington, Texas Live, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is the people that they're bringing this to. And it's, it, it just think of that being right there. Wow. It's an easy on, easy off, uh, I-20 exit entrance. Mm-hmm. That's going oh, yeah. to bring a lot a of people primo here. primo location. Oh, man. It's got its own exit people. ramp for crying what's out the loud. Ch- what's the difference between what Foundation was planning and what Cordish is planning? Can you pinpoint anything? Basically, they're using the same kind of pl- off the same plans. And... Uh, there was some extra stuff that they're going to put on there, which we can't really talk about now, but that, that it's not really that much difference. I mean, it's not going to be really hit. They're still working out there today. Still going to be a 30,000-square-foot gambling facility, which is double what any of the others in town have? I can't really quote on that. It might be even bigger. I don't know. Cause wow. I mean, I mean there's a lot, they're going to bring a lot more entertainment in here, a lot more music, because that's what they do. Is this changed the time schedule at all? I mean, I can't imagine it not being delayed at some point because they've got to go through the approval process. Well, that I mean, well, if the approval does not 
and which is going to it is going to happen if it doesn't happen foundation is still going at it so they're still working today i mean they haven't stopped so there's not going to be any hesitant i mean just on the paperwork or something like mm-hmm. that but on the work it shouldn't affect any of it and and he ronnie johns did mention yesterday if the f- sale does fall through for some reason some unforeseen reason uh foundation is still planning on going ahead and opening oh yes sir. And, and running operating the, ca- the casino yes sir well, i mean and i don't think they'll have to do that because i know uh course is going to do a, i mean they're their guys come down there and they fly away down from Maryland to come talk to us. They're they're serious. The the proposal from Foundation, I believe, was two hundred million. Yes, ma'am. What does it look like? Cordish is investing. Is it going to go up? Yes, ma'am. They uh, at the meeting the other day, they told me right at two hundred two hundred seventy five million right now, but they think it's even going to be more. So you're looking at, I mean, they're dropping some change in here, so they're expecting. To make wow. it a good thing. What's going to be the big difference if they're spending another seventy-five million more? They're adding, they're adding something special that it's a secret, isn't it? Well, I wish I could tell you, but I think you'd tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I would. Okay, what about well, what about jobs? Yeah. What, what's the plan oh, jobs, for jobs? They're saying like something like six hundred or so, and then millions of people coming in from out of town, and and, you, and you're looking at uh, with all like the air show this past week, a couple weekends ago. Mm-hmm. They had to close the gates. There were so many people going mm-hmm. into the bar sale. They had to close the gates. Just think, all those people could go to all our East Bank and all our riverfront stuff and North, South Bossier and all over Bossier City. That's a lot of people. And when these baseball fields opened up, which started last past week, we got a lot of people coming to Bossier City. Mm-hmm. Now, Cordish, inter- uh, Cordish Companies Gaming? Corporate, Cordish Companies, yes. Cordish Companies. Um, in in the article that I read, they're affiliated with Rev Entertainment, or they work with Rev Entertainment in a, a lot of their markets. I, I'm not, was I'm there not, any discussion about that for the local market here? No, sir. I mean, they haven't discussed that with us. I mean, I don't know. I, I just know they got something over in Arlington close to them. I don't know if they they work together. I know they work together because they got mm-hmm. businesses together, but I don't know if they're all. But this could be really big for our, really, really mm-hmm. good for our area. Oh, and there's other things coming to Bozier. I wish I could tell y'all, but I mean, you have to I'm tell ex- us. I'm excited. No, I wouldn't do that. I, I love hearing y'all on the radio in the morning. Uh, but what, does this push back though the reopening of this casino? Are we still looking at mid 2025? Yes, ma'am. They still. I mean, that, that's what they're. That's the date they got on that. So I mean, I, I say they're still working on it today. And unless there's something major happens or something, I don't see why it's just slowing down. When's the riverboat going to be shipping out, and how are they doing that? I mean, that's going to be a, a project. I guess they're, I mean, I don't know how going up under those bridges is what I'm concerned about. I guess they might have to do some work on it to get. Chop where, it up? Well, they used to have to take the stacks off when they mm-hmm. brought them. I remember bringing them into town. Right, right. I, I believe I believe they said that they have sold it to some people that's going to have it like a barge in South Louisiana. They I have sold it, okay. Yeah, well, this month is what they've, Tentatively, they, okay. they've already gotten rid of it, but it just hasn't okay. moved yet. So it'll be moving at some point. Right. Okay, so a lot of things happening in Bossier. We know the golf complex. Oh, is, that's, that, that's going to be awesome there, too. And that's a done deal? That is, is a done deal. This ground. past Tuesday, the the uh, council approved it, and it's a done deal. Uh, John Dudley is going to be really hitting it right now. They, they've already getting, they already got their builder already, and they're already getting prices for the... Okay. Uh, last, last, Ruben, turn off our mics. And it's just okay. It's just us. <laughs> All right, they're off. So nobody's else, listening. What yet. else is going on in Bossier? <laughs> tell us. 
Because uh, I make look, I love this kind of development. Mics are still on top. Oh, no, they're yeah. not. No, they're not. We're off mic. Look, there's a commercial playing. Now, I, I'm having a, one of those brain things right now. I can't. <laughs> hey, I get them all the time. Years and years ago, back when I think George Dement was mayor. Yes. of Bossier. There yes. was a lot of talk about developing that property where Margaritaville is and possibly bringing in some residential um, that overlooking the river that would be, I mean, just absolutely primo spots. Is that something anybody's looking at yet? Have you heard any talk about that? I tell you, uh, in a week's time, I have multiple people come up and talk with me about bringing neighborhoods, townhouses, not just at that location, but all over Bossier City. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel, I get chills up down. So many people come to Bossier City wanting to come. seven FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Happy Good Friday. Yeah. Although that sounds odd saying happy yeah, this Good Friday when you think about what really happened for on For those of us who are believers, good absolutely. Friday. Absolutely, yeah. It's a somber day. It's definitely a somber day. And it's, uh, um, but it's a celebratory weekend. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, and it's going to be a, a good weekend. I'm excited about the rain and maybe the rain's moving out. supposed to be holding off. One more day. Tomorrow, tomorrow, it was like at 20%, and I noticed it kicked back up mm-hmm. the last time I looked for Saturday, yeah. but Sunday looks good. Uh, to, the, I'm worried about the Easter egg hunts that are tomorrow, because they'll end up being yeah. mud hunt, yeah. hunts, because you're going to get muddy, because it's not going to have enough time to dry. Got a, 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 I reached out to our buddy, Richard Llewellyn, from the Weather Channel to find out, uh, Who? Richard Llewellyn, <laughs> and uh, to see how much rain we have gotten, and Mikey... It's a little bit. Over six inches since the beginning of April, which is just seven day, six days old, really. We're just starting day seven. Yesterday, 3.07 inches, breaking a record of wow. 3.04 that was set in 1940. We got three inches of rain yesterday in the Shreveport Metro. And since, listen to this. We since, get more coming today, too. Yeah. Since New Year's Day... Shreveport's gotten almost 25 inches of rain, which is more than 10 inches above normal. Our normal is like 14.63. I I don't know how we're going to survive more rain. We don't. We're getting getting another third of an inch at least today over the next next 24 hours. Starting, they say it's going to start around 8 a.m. I don't know, Rube. You just stepped out. Was it raining yet? Out there now? No rain yet. Mine Not said yet. around nine. Okay, nine's cool. Around nine. And then <laughs> it's really going to kick in about noon. Noon. Can you okay. come at noon? Okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to lunch with a friend and then I'll get home after that for the nap. So my daughter's in town. So, oh, I, so y'all are doing I'm stuff. Head, yes. I'm going to do fun stuff. That's going to be cool. Well, I just, I'm when I the saw that. <laughs> inches yesterday is a lot of rain a lot of rain and i i saw a lot of uh reports on the news of trees tumping over again too and we had a little issue at the cross lake spillway where they got two of the gates open but the third one wouldn't open it malfunctioned and you know he told us before that the fourth one which is a not a full gate but the fourth one, they've never really opened. They've, they've right. That that one hasn't it's worked. It's kind of stuck. It hasn't worked from jump. 
So they've been able to open three. Now they're only able to open two? They tried to open the third, and it wouldn't open. So they, they did call in emergency crews to try to get that fixed. But, you know, he told us once we open, like if we were to open four, we we're afraid we couldn't close it. Right. So now, you know, once they open this third one, are they going to be able to close it back and forth? I mean, they have to figure out. So I guess they called in a company that specializes in that. And, you know, that's going to come with a price tag. So we'll talk. The mayor's going to join us just after seven. We'll talk with him a little bit about that. And his first hundred days, he hits it on Sunday. I think his 100 day mark is Sunday, Easter Sunday. So we're going to go over some of his wins and losses and disappointments and all that good stuff. Yeah, he got uh, kind of reminiscent of uh, George W. when, you know, mm-hmm. George W. first took office. Then 9-11 happened. Yes. So that, yes. that marked his presidency. From mm-hmm. the, and, uh, and when uh, Mayor Tom came in, uh, of course, we had those the officer-involved shootings. We've yes, had a mass shootings. We've, we've had we've had a lot he's, of he's had tragedies, a lot to yeah. deal with. Absolutely, no doubt about it. And he hit the ground running, and we'll see what what are his biggest you know biggest stumbling blocks that he, as he got in office. I know he I know one of them. I'm I'm sure, and we'll talk about. But he has a lot that, that he wants to talk about too. I'm sure. We're also going to talk about school lunches. Oh, you dear. came across an interesting picture uh, yesterday. You showed Reuben and I. Mm-hmm. A was, slab of ham, a yam, and a roll. And it and the picture came to me from multiple people, not just one picture that went viral. I got the picture sent to me by multiple people. So uh, I reached out to the school board. I got their answer. We'll talk to an activist mom about it who has been following the lunch problems for a long time. We, we've actually talked with her before, mm-hmm. Tiffany Hyde, mm-hmm. uh, about this very issue. Aaron, it was a lot different when you and I were in school. Oh, gosh. No kidding. I mean, you didn't get a choice. There was no choices. And when I, I was in Catholic school, you had to eat pizza. everything on your plate. Yeah. I don't you... remember having pizza any ever. Oh, no. No pizza. <laughs> no. No pizza. You got spaghetti sometimes mm-hmm. and chicken fried steak with greens and those fluffy rolls, mashed though. potatoes. Oh, I want those fluffy rolls. My mom made those rolls Ooh. at our school. Man. She made the pie crusts. And Can you have her make me a, a tray of those? I'll, I'll, I'll talk to her. She was over to the house last night. We had homemade tacos for dinner last oh, night. Oh, wow. My favorite. Yum. My. Yum. I want to hear when we get back the favorite thing in your Easter basket when you were a kid. Tiffany Hyde joining us at 640 talking about those school lunches. Mike and McCarty. Seven FM, seven ten, Keel, Mike and McCurdy, on this Good Friday. What was a favorite thing in your Easter basket when you would get up on Easter Sunday morning as six-year-old Mikey? Um, that would be um, a, a, the copy of my New, a New Testament. That would be no. I'm just trying to. Be <laughs> I was old. like, oh, what a sweet boy. <laughs> That's baloney. Uh, well, of course, the chocolate bunny. The bunny. The bunny was it. The that bunny was, was yeah, the bomb. Yeah. Was... And you had to have the the bunny and the Easter egg hunts. I'm going to tell you a real quick story before we got to take a break. Um, went to Hawaii to see my Marine son. Okay. He's got three buddies with him. And we're staying at a house in Hawaii that I was renting a room out. You know, they, they the BRB or B, I don't know. Anyway, anyway Airbnb, Airbnb yeah, is that, what you're trying to that, say. Yeah. That. Oh, uh, the, <laughs> 
Air B Q P T. Yeah, yeah, L G. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, and I said, okay, I have a surprise for y'all on Saturday. This was the Saturday before Easter. And they were like, what, what, what? I said, don't whine, just prepare for a surprise. So I had taken the car and I went away and I came back and I said, I said, y'all, y'all play your video games or whatever and, and I'm going to be outside for a minute. I had an Easter egg hunt with grown Marine boys to meet, well, men, but to me, they were still boys. Mike, they had the best time. They ran around like five-year-olds. They were running up. This was a tiered house, you know, and they were running up and down the stairs, you know, racing each other to get to the, the eggs because I put cash in the eggs. So. Cash. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe little airline bottles of whiskey or something. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's funny you say that. When we lived yeah. in we lived in Bossier off of uh, Monica Lot Road, you know where Stonebridge is? Mm-hmm, yeah. We bought four acres Right there across the road from st- before we even knew there was going to yeah. be a stone bridge. Oh, oopsie daisy. Yeah. <laughs> it worked out fine. Okay. So we had four acres, and, and we would invite our nieces and nephews yeah. who were grown by this time. Mm-hmm. And my wife would go out, and, and they'd have an Easter egg. They loved for it. The, yes, they, it, was, it was so much fun. Absolutely. We'd do that every and, when, year. and then when those memories pop up on my memory wall, I'm like, yeah. And it was the same night they made a tent in the living room. <laughs> These are four grown Marines. They made a tent in this lady's living room. I was like, oh, okay. This, these are still boys. It was fun. That's awesome. Real quick, fast. I do still get an Easter basket from my mom every year. She dropped it off at my house. Lots of candy, lots of snacks. <laughs> oh, Sli- Slim Jims, of course. And Aaron, you're going to love this. Because she was listening the other day, she threw in a box of Peeps cereal. <laughs> Oh, bring that here so I can explode it. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let See you. I'll let you shoot it up or whatever in the microwave. Yeah, I'm gonna get my pistol out. Speaking of of shooting shooting it up, we've got to talk about Bud Light later this morning. We've got Tiffany Hyde coming up next. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about school lunches. Uh, Mikey McCarty, 101.7 FM. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh, Shreveport mom and fitness expert activist Tiffany Hyde joining us. Tiffany, good morning. Good morning. Tell us about this. Uh, Aaron posted a picture of this, and I'm sure you've seen this: uh, a slab of ham, a yam, and a roll. As yes. as uh, uh, one of the kids' school lunches now. Aaron and I were talking before. We didn't. We didn't get to choose our lunches. They they put everything on the plate, but it was good stuff too. Greens and vegetables and fruit. Yeah, fruit mm-hmm. and of course a protein and 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 now what what's going on? <laughs> well, um, I guess you can say this is the type of stuff that happens when there's a lot of government overreach. But um, I don't really understand why we can't get this simple solution fixed. It it really shouldn't be that hard. The kids are on a free lunch program, so we're receiving federal funds for, you know, this to be done. Um, personally, I think a lot of that's probably going to those styrofoam plates you see instead of just washing a dish that actually lasts about 20 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, those green I'm, trays with the compartments in each Oh, one. yeah. Yeah, that, the whole pot, the pizza filled up the whole site, like the whole spot. 
Tiffany, let me read you the statement that I, because I reached out to the school system and they gave me a picture of the the actual meal they claim was served at Northwood that day that wasn't just the ham and the roll and the yam. They say there was green beans and pineapple, blah, blah, blah. And they say this, quote, our child nutrition program works closely with parents and students to develop menus that include healthy and enjoyable food options. The picture that is circulating on social media shows the items that were selected by a student and not the meal that was offered during lunch. This process is called offer versus serve, which Caddo implements to reduce food waste. Is that baloney? No pun intended? Absolutely. The that may have been the first student in line, mm-hmm. <laughs> or that may have been the way the plate was supposed to have looked. But I can guarantee you, uh, I received multiple, not just one or two kids, you know, sending pictures of the school lunch. I was getting multiple pictures of that school lunch. And then also kids, they ran out, you know, they ran out of the, um, you know, some of the items, I guess, that were supposedly offered. But I can tell you one thing. You put fruit in front of kids when they're hungry, nine times out of ten, they're not going to turn that down. So you're saying they ran out of all the fruit, the pineapple and the peaches and grapes. They ran out of all that is what you believe. I mean, it. I'm sitting here thinking if you want to try to tell me after I get multiple pictures of kids saying that this is what they received and you want to say that, oh, this is what was offered, well, then where did it go? Because mm-hmm. it certainly didn't end up on all these kids' plates. Right. And are all kids forced to go through the line at all grade levels because they get federal funding based on how many kids get a meal? Is that accurate or no? They, I mean, I was told that they're supposed to go through the line and get um, a meal. Now, some schools enforce that and say, you know, you got to go through the line. Some, you know, schools that I've talked to do not force the kids to go through the line, especially if they brought their own lunch. Now, I have heard that some schools do make them at least get a milk. And, I mean, most of them don't even, you know, I mean, think about how many kids are actually lactose intolerant or just don't like milk. And my kids aren't going to drink that milk there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think they try to enforce, you know, the rule of going through the line. But I can't speak for every school. But they do or they are required to go through so many plates a day, a count of plates, and there's those are supposed to be, you know, served or discarded or whatever mm-hmm. in order to continue to get the funding that they receive. Now, I, I, you said that they, they get federal funding. Do do all children get free lunch now? Is all the students? In Parish, yeah, in Caddo Parish. Because we used to bring lunch free. money, and then we I would bring an extra nickel mm-hmm. for an extra milk because, you know, we got chocolate milk, and I would get an extra one. So that's, yeah. they don't even have to pay for that now. Is no, that correct? It's, it's free. No, it's free lunch, but they don't have to pay for it in Caddo Parish. You know, they it is free, so because of the funding that they receive. But like I said, I don't understand why we're wasting so much of that that fun funding to use styrofoam and plates and plastic yeah. forks and stuff like that. We could be using that money to put it into making the food better. Maybe they can get two slices of pizza. I find Who knows? Tiffany, we're talking to Tiffany Hyde. I find a fallacy in the school board statement that they sent to me in this. Let me read you let me read you this and then I know you're gonna you might laugh out loud. They sent me the <laughs> list of what was served at Northwood with the ham and the yam and the green beans and pineapple and peaches and grapes. And the list also includes butter cake with icing. 
Is there a kid out there on, in America that's going to turn down butter cake? And I didn't see butter cake on that plate that everybody is sending out. Um, and, then, and then they say there were enough portions for all students and the food was available until the end of lunch. So where's the butter cake on that plate that is circulating? Well, they ate they that I, I told you you were going to laugh, didn't I? They almost ate the butter cake and then sent the picture. <laughs> Because you and you and me both got this picture from multiple people, right? Yes. Was there a butter cake on any of them? I didn't see a butter cake on a single okay, one. Okay, so like you said, and they laughed that up. Aaron's they pibbing about the cake. Yeah, because you you and I now I now we now I know the answer. You and I got pictures from all the diabetics in Caddo Parish. Okay, is that now, what it is? What is that? Okay, on the picture that I'm looking at that has the green beans and the looks like pineapple. Right above the pineapple in the lid of this tray. What is that to the left? Is that the cake with the icing? That right must there? be the cake. Yeah, that must be the cake. Because they sent me this picture saying, here's what actually was served at Northwood. So I think that's it right there. You can see it at keelnews.com. But to, to say that kids turn down cake makes their argument seem ludicrous. Am I wrong? Oh, oh I like the state where they say they work closely with the parents. Oh, when when was your last meeting about nutrition? Did you have with a meeting the, about nutrition? With the lunch lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you one thing. Caddo Parish does not work closely with parents um, that are actually trying to work closely with them. I went to the core board about this several months ago. Mm -hmm. I have been actively in speaking with um, one board member, the one that's over our district. And she's been a huge help whenever I do have an issue with, you know, within the schools. Um, I do know as a parent that if you do contact the principal of the school, now it's not always easy to get in touch with the principal, um, but you, if you do push, you know, to try to get to talk to them, you can get a lot of things resolved if you do talk directly to the principal. Hmm. Um I just, I mean, I've, I've reached out to the lady that is actually over the school lunches, Miss um, Lynch. Mm -hmm. I've sent her multiple emails. I spoke to her the day that we had the school board meeting whenever she came to me to discuss this and talk about the plan and all this kind of stuff. But I've also sent her emails after the fact, and I haven't heard a word from her. So Well... Tiffany Hyde, I'm going to call the sheriff because there's an awful lot of butter cake missing. Somebody's got. If they had enough for everybody, and I got pictures from dozens and dozens of kids with no butter cake on the plate, somebody is stealing butter cake. Somebody is stealing butter cake. Tiffany, thanks for your time. Absolutely, anytime. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Tiffany. Happy Easter. 1017F. Is this 911? I'm looking for um, hundreds of pieces of butter cake. Is she on the phone? Missing from Northwood High School. <laughs> Would like to know if uh, if anybody's found it or reported it stolen. Oh, I'm sorry. We're on? We're on. <laughs> <laughs> 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. What kid turns down butter cake? Come on. Yeah, no, well. I don't want one. No, pass. Don't put that I on don't my want plate. Any cake with icing. No cake. Skip that. <laughs> that makes the whole argument seem very sketchy. Let's put it like that. If you're going to tell me you didn't run out of anything 
and every kid had a choice to get cake. And I've got dozens of pictures of no cake on a plate. Huh. Huh. I've just blown away kids don't have to bring lunch money anymore. Yeah, no lunch money. All kids. Mm-hmm. I need a kid, and, and I'm, I'm working on finding the kids. I want a kid from all of our high schools to volunteer. If you've got a kid at a high school, please listen. I know they're not in school today, so they're sleeping. But um, if you've got a kid in high school, I would like to get a kid from every high school in the parish, or as many as possible, to go through the lunch line every day for a week and send me a picture. Put everything they offer you on the plate. Everything they offer, take whatever they, they'll give you. I know they're not going to give you spaghetti and pizza or whatever, but take everything that's offered and then send me a picture for, for a week. And I want to look and see what was offered. I want to see, and I would love it to be kids that are in the second lunch shift. The first shift, typically, they're not going to run out of stuff yet, but I would like to see what the second lunch shift gets. If you got kids interested, let me know. You can send us a message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. I'd love to try a little experiment for a week and see... <laughs> <laughs> is there a problem she's on a mission i'm when i saw the cake argument i i i'm i'm it's tipping the scale for me i was with the school board there for a while look kids aren't taking i know kids aren't taking greens i know i don't want any greens don't put that on my plate now see i was the kid that got the other kids greens i love the greens i loved greens. Me still too. to this day i love greens but but if you're you know if you're serving something like that yam i might not take the yam i mean leave the yam off but so if kids are making the choices and kids are actually turning down cake that's when i think uh your argument now you've 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 tipped me the other way i'm a little bit skeptical now i'm just saying that's just me maybe i don't know <laughs> well we'll find out <laughs> i'm pivoting up about this shreveport mayor tom arsenault joining us in studio coming up just after the local news at seven mike and mccarty 101 101- One zero one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty in studio with Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault. Good morning, happy Good Friday to you. Ah, good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. Your first one hundred days in office. Is it everything you hoped it would be? I remember the comment that was made. You don't know what you're getting into really until you get into it. So what's been your what's been your biggest surprise and your biggest obstacle that you've seen so far? Uh, a, a number of surprises, most of them small, a couple of them very positive on the economic development front. Um, that are things that uh, had had some a little bit of momentum, but picked up a lot of momentum, and we were able to to carry them a little further down the field. Which ones? Uh, the the rev one in particular, and uh, and then the the fifty cent uh, fifty cent proposal for Millennium Studios, which we're working on. And you know, once we once you, it just seems like once you start doing some things, things begin to crop up, which is uh, which is pretty interesting. So uh, I am uh, on the advice of the city council, which was good advice. I'm going to hire an economic development director because. We now have enough to keep up with that I need somebody permanently keeping up with that and uh, and also working on developing business inside the city, particularly in historically underserved neighborhoods. Uh, so I think that that will be a good thing. I finished that 
uh, I have finished that job description and in the process of advertising for that position. So I look forward to having a new member. Uh, it technically won't be a member of my staff, but they'll be housed in the suite where I am so that we can keep in close contact. So I'm, uh, I'm very excited about that. And we just have to see what we can do on the other two. Uh, but I, I think Shreveport is poised to really kind of take off on an economic development standpoint and uh there's certainly a lot of exciting things happening in our area there there are and you know and and there's some exciting things happen not happening on the bozier side as well which which could benefit shreveport absolutely and ours are going to benefit bozier so yeah has 50 cent made a a formal offer where are we on that for him purchasing millennium studios is that where where we're headed he he uh he made a he sent us what he called a letter of interest which had which had some very broad terms to it okay. so what we did was we went through uh, i went through a prior transaction that we did with Stageworks back in 2006 mm-hmm. and just to kind of use that as a checklist of what do we need to cover and what are the things that we need to discuss we had some questions uh his his letter of interest included uh, both the Expo Hall facility and mm-hmm. Millennium Studios, mm-hmm. and it is a lease proposal. Uh, you know, uh, the cities, generally speaking, cannot simply transfer property to a private person. We can do a long-term lease, but we cannot just... Uh, transfer property without You'd declaring a surplus right. and, and taking bids so what is his what is his intent that if you could explain it to you know our listeners what is he planning to do in shreveport my understanding is he has a contract uh, commitment from uh, i believe it's fox mm-hmm. to do multiple dozens of television shows and that that's that's primarily what he wants to do he needs a a ready reliable place where he can produce those television shows and we have a reliable place where he can do that so he is interested in millennium we're not quite so sure what he wants to do with expo hall you know we we've just redone that for athletics and that kind of thing so uh that that is a question that we had and the rest of the thing were just kind of some general terms that you would put in a in a lease so mm-hmm. that we could have i guess what i was trying to create was the cocktail napkin <laughs> yes. that uh, we could have the deal on mm-hmm. and if we agree on the main terms then we could go to a more formal agreement but uh in return in in response to our letter uh, they asked for a whole lot of due diligence items, which we thought was encouraging. They were all things that if I were looking at leasing a building on over a long term, I would want to know those facts. I would know want to know that background, and I would want to go and inve- make a serious investigation of the facility. So I think that's going to go on, and, and that seems to be going very smoothly uh, from both sides, from all I can tell. Mm-hmm. Look, I want to I want to go back to Expo Hall for just a minute. It became uh, Stageworks mm-hmm. of Louisiana, which uh, there were some films shot there. Uh, of course, that industry has has left our area. To me, I say unfortunately, um, 
but now there was an agreement with this sports complex. We, we turned it into like uh, an area that, you know, I don't know, is it tennis and volleyball or pickleball? What, what it's is indoor? It's indoor courts. Indoor, so you okay. Could do, you could do basketball, volleyball, pickleball. Um, that's, that's what it is being designed to do. Uh, there is not a tenant for that at the moment. We would be promoting those or allowing other people to promote those. Okay. So ourselves. has any of that work been done? Has any of the yeah, renovation the work, yeah, been the, done? The work has been done. It's mm. been finished, so it is I, I ready as a sports complex. I believe complex. it's finished. I, wouldn't, I, would, I would not swear to that, but okay. I would say that on Keel. So how would this 50-cent deal... <laughs> How would this fifty cent deal? It's it's funny to say that fifty cent. What's his name? What's it? Curtis Curtis Jackson? Jackson Curtis Jr. Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so this deal with Mr. Jackson um, would the, would they have to go through and and re renovate the the building again? I don't know the answer. That's one of the questions that we. That is one of the questions that we asked him. Is what what is your intended use? Mm-hmm. Is are you looking at it as a film studio, which would involve some retrofit? Uh, are you looking at it as a sports promotion or concert promotion? It could be used for that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we're we're in the process of gathering that information. So whatever we do, our proposal is that there be one lease for one and one lease for the other, so that they're not. They may be executed at the I same time, but yeah. they're not necessarily tied together. Perfect. I'm going to yeah. drop a bomb in the room before we take a break so you can think about it. Was the 13% pay raise given to all city workers a mistake when we come back? Think about that. We're talking with Mayor Tom Arsenault, Mike and McCarty. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty in studio with Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault uh, discussing his first one hundred days in office. Aaron asked the question just before the break: the thirteen percent pay raise that was issued by the previous administration was that a mistake? Uh, it's it's a complicated question. I think a part of it was not a mistake, and that is that our city employees had not had a significant raise <clears throat> in quite some time. Um, and I think given given what has happened with inflation subsequent to that, I think it was good for the city employees to do that. So I wouldn't say that in enti- its entirety it was bad. Uh, I'm not sure that as much attention was placed on how that raise would be paid for in future years mm-hmm. when you talk about a pay raise you're talking about building it into your compensation system and so that that multiplies over the years uh, the other thing is well, i, I it, don't think i would have done it across the board should it have been a graduated increase depending on on the you know the salaries that that were involved could have been although i think then you're <clears throat> ultimately your budgetary decision is the same you have to you have to provide for it and, and grow into it uh, I don't think that if it were my decision I don't think that I would have applied it across the boards particularly to the highest compensated people in the city and most of the people not all of them but most of the people that we have brought in 
I've tried to bring in at the salary levels before the uh, before the 13% mm-hmm. to those people. Uh, I did not feel it appropriate to reduce the pay of people who were already in place and that right. we were keeping. Sure. How do so we I pay didn't. for it, though, in future? Henry Whitehorn leaving office as CAO said this is not sustainable. What is the Arsenault plan? Maybe we can afford it this year and next, but what is the Arsenault plan to afford it beyond when we can? Uh, the way that we're going to present the budget uh, to the city is uh, we're going to make recommendations and then we're also going to provide, I'm not sure what they're going to be called yet, but for lack of a better per- term, decision packages. And it, these will be little uh, block building blocks, budget building blocks that will say we will do, we can do this. And there'll be a group of them uh, of things that we could reduce and of things that we could increase so that people can actually see we're comparing this to that. We're not trying to say, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? Virtually everything that government does in the city of Shreveport is a good thing. There are very few things that we do that if, if I were to say, oh, gee, we have all the money in the world, but I wouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I, I, as I sit here today, I can't think of anything that falls into that category. But we have a lot of good things, and we may not have enough money to do all the good things that we would like to do. We have to have a way of making a rational decision. Which of these things do we think is more important than the others? Mm-hmm. And the ones that, that through the council and the administration we determine are more important, those are things that go, what I'd say is below the line. And below the line, the line is how much money we've got. So we've got a finite amount of money because we can't print it. We have a finite amount of money and we can only spend that much. And so if I want to spend more on one thing, I have to spend less on something else. Mm -hmm. And what we hope to do is to have these decision packages or building blocks where someone can say, is X more important than Y? And if it is, then X goes below the line and Y sits above the line. And then you might compare Y to Z. Uh, to do the same thing. Similar if you're at your optometrist or your ophthalmologist, you know, they put that, they put that, uh, that device on you and he says, is it better with one mm-hmm. or with two? Yeah. Is it better with one or with three? And that's kind of the way that we hope we can lead the council and the community into decisions of priorities because we really can't do uh, I don't think we're going to have enough money to do all the good things that we would like to do in Shreveport and uh, and the fitting in the pay raise. And there'll be a couple of revenue options uh, that are there as well so that, that the council is, can consider those. Is rolling back the pay raise a percent of it? Is that even in your brain? No. Not at all? No. Is a I, layoff in your brain at all? Um. I don't think I have anything in my brain at all relating to the 2024 budget yet until we see what those numbers look like. Okay. We're trying to we are trying to save up as much money as we can to have as healthy a reserve going into 2024 as we can so that we can do that. I'll give you an example. We we have the money this year 
to add some significant dollars to street repair and maintenance, which we have a budget amendment in front of the council to do. Uh, we don't anticipate having that kind of additional money in 2024, uh, and we're, we're kind of holding back a little bit of the revenue that we think is going to be available because we think the 2024 budget will be very challenging for us. Mm -hmm. So if we could kind of get back to, uh, get back to having our spending and our and our revenues in line with each other, you know, a balanced budget is what you have on hand plus your revenues minus your expenditures. So a balanced budget doesn't necessarily mean that you have your spending what mm -hmm. you take in. Right. We're right. talking with Mayor Tom Arsenault. Uh, we've got to take a break. We'll be back. Want to talk about uh, the Amazon facility. Want to talk about uh, permanent staff positions. Got a lot to lot, lot to cover. Thank maybe, you for, maybe we'll talk crime, too. A little bit of crime. Yeah, we got a lot to cover. Mike and McCarty with Mayor Tom Arsenault. Seven FM, seven ten. Keo, Mike, and McCarty in studio with Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault discussing uh, first one hundred days in office. Tom, yes, uh, the, uh, earlier this week, Aaron and I got to tour the Amazon facility. I'm, I'm majorly impressed, uh, but I was also very excited to think they're not doing this if they're not planning on continuing. What was your thoughts? You guys did the uh, the uh, administration tour yesterday. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, boy, it's a big building. <laughs> it is really a big building. And uh, the encouraging thing was how much work is going on inside and how much of the uh, mechanics and electronics and all of that is still going on. It's incredibly intricate work you can tell that when you walk mm -hmm. through it and uh, they're there in the next few weeks they'll be beginning to install the robotics that will yes. that will go pick up these pods it's a really interesting deal that the, mm -hmm. the robot goes and and it knows where there's a pod that has the stuff that somebody has ordered <laughs> and it rolls thought, yeah. it it rolls it yeah. to an associate who is filling that order and they mm. take it off the pod and then the next pod for that order shows up <laughs> and, they've and got then the they put it in a box and the then they do it and everything yeah. George Jetson? It, it, it just <laughs> it is amazing i mean to think to think what it took for someone to think through all of those little yeah. steps and then all the little pieces. Oh, I know. You know, it's like this giant tinker toy set. It's, in, it's, it's impressive. Amazing. It's incredible. And uh, I, I, I came away the same way. Uh, according to them, they are still 100% committed mm -hmm. to doing this, but they think it will be uh, mid-2024 or, or so before uh, they're able to open. But uh, there's every indication to back up the to, to corroborate that to back up that that they're still spending millions of dollars and they've already spent more than 200 million dollars on this facility mm -hmm. so there was no indication whatsoever that they were backing off or even really slowing down 
It was full of workers, and they were it was exciting going mm-hmm. along their way. So I, I was very impressed with it and, and encouraged. Obviously, I would rather it open tomorrow. Sure, right. right. It, they, it looks to me like they are they are moving forward. Uh, at a reasonable pace to open uh, next year. We're talking with Mayor Tom Arsenault, uh, covering his first 100 days in office after this break. Uh, we'll talk crime and uh, permanent staff positions. Mike and McCarty, 1017. seven FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio with Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault on this Good Friday. Tom, first of all, congratulations on uh, Tom Dark, your uh, CAO selection. I, I know he came in as interim. Yes. Uh, but but you, you convinced him to stay. Uh, Sharika Fields-Jones uh, is now permanent on your staff. Will, will be. Mm-hmm. They're, they're both subject to council confirmation. Right. right. We've got mm-hmm. that. But, but you, you've appointed them. I right? have appointed yes. them. Uh, and now you said city attorney is your next major appointment. Yes, how how are we still, coming on I'm that? I'm still working on that one. Uh, that, that one has proved a little bit more challenging than the, uh, than the others because I'm looking for a full-time city attorney. On the crime front, there have been a lot of meetings, a lot of prayer vigils, a lot of events in the community, more cameras going up. And we're still having shootings, and we're still having murders. Um, what are you doing? And, and I, we ask this over and over again. I mean, is there anything Tom, Tom Arsenault can do differently than any previous mayor to help fight crime? Or is this just a, a reactionary type thing? Well, part of it is reactionary, for sure. Uh, I, am, I, I, I stay in constant contact with Chief Smith about what is going on the cameras will help i think um the cameras will help more in apprehending people than it will in preventing but we're hoping that when people recognize that more and more of the perpetrators are in fact being apprehended that that says that we don't just have free reign and uh you know we've had you know, fortunately, and I, I don't want to jinx it, but we've had a week and a half of relative quiet. Um, and I'm hopeful, don't know, I'm not in contact with the people who are doing the shootings, but I am in, I am hopeful that what that means is that they realize there is accountability and that there are consequences for these acts and that there's a whole lot more information about them than they think there is. Talking about the cameras, how many are set up now and how many still are going to be set up? Uh, I don't know the latter answer. We have we have roughly 90 cameras. All the cameras that were non-compliant have been taken down right. and replaced with compliant cameras. And I believe that was 90. Mm-hmm. And, and 90 have been installed? And all 90 of those have been installed. Excellent. All okay. on city property? Uh, various places. Okay. And the real-time crime center is now managed by the police department and is is not under the auspices of the mayor's office. That's correct. Okay. Um, But it is still located near your office right now. Yes. Where are we on the plans for a new police station and substations? Someone told me, one of the higher-ups, said substations might be on hold for a minute, but we're moving full steam ahead on a new police station. 
I, I wouldn't say that either of them are on hold. However, I, I'm not sure that the funds that have been appropriated through the bond through the bond election are going to be sufficient to do everything in the way that they were presented. Um, I know that we're uh, we're we're trying to move forward on the North Shreveport Police Station. Uh, we've gotten uh, estimates on the cost that that is a that is the probably the easiest of the three because we have a donation of the land, mm-hmm. uh, but we have to we have to demolish a building right. to build a new building, and we're getting the cost estimates for that demolition. Remember, in the bond issue for those, they're about one point five million dollars a piece. That has to include everything. So, uh, in this particular case, it doesn't include acquisition because the acquisition is being given to us but it does include demolition of a building mm-hmm. and uh that uh, my latest information on that is that's somewhere in the three hundred thousand dollar range so you've got you, you got property and then you've got three hundred thousand dollars now now there's 1.2 million dollars left for that uh for that substation so mm-hmm. we're looking at that and we're looking at what the options are uh, with respect to the the police station, I that building is built like a fortress, mm-hmm. and so I suspect that the demolition cost on what what is now the police station and what was the city hall that that is going to be significantly higher than had been anticipated in the bond issue. So we're looking at what those issues are, and I. We're really in the preliminary stage of trying to evaluate that. Our more serious issue with the uh, the police department right now is the firing range at the police academy because uh, it is currently uh, shut down, and we're looking for alternatives for that. Wow. Uh, there is some money in the in the bond issue for that, but not enough. And we're looking at alternatives to that, and uh, hopefully within the next two or three months, we'll have an alternative. One of which, of course, may be restoring, restoring that one. But mm-hmm. we're we're pretty sure that there's not enough funds in the in the bond issue proceeds uh, to do that. So obviously, the firing range for our police officers is extremely important, and it's it's a regional academy, so that makes it even more important. Another subject that uh, comes up a lot is is that our city looks dirty. I have seen since you took over a lot of crews cleaning up trash, picking up, uh, doing better. The lights on the interstate are on. I would like to take me inside the office of Tom Dark or you. And the marching orders that were given to city leaders, you obviously have done something to light a fire. Explain what is going on. When when uh, Mr. Dark and I had our very first meeting with department heads, I had sent, late in the campaign, I had sent kind of an outline of objectives that I wanted to cover. And uh, Tom made a copy of that, and he handed it to every department head. And he said, these are these are our these are the mayor's priorities therefore they are our priorities and uh and so i i would have to say that we have very responsive department heads and they have picked up from what you know what 
what I had wanted to do, which was really what I heard the people wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I do think that there's been an increased responsiveness and an increased attention to those things which had to do with litter abatement. I have joked with Gary Norman, the head of public works, that uh, every time he sends out a crew to pick up letter, he should send out a press release that says that he did that. <laughs> and, take pictures. And, and take oh, yeah. pictures and, and publish how much trash they picked up. Yeah. Because two days later, someone will think, nobody ever picks up trash along the interstate. Well, that's true. It's and a never-ending so, battle. Uh, it, uh, you know, we have, some, we have some cultural issues that we need to need to address we need people to stop throwing stuff out of their cars and out of the back of their pickup trucks one more more quick break we gotta take one more quick quick break don't we quick break yeah okay (laughs) and we'll be right back with mayor tom arsenault with mike and mccarty One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty in studio with Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault covering his first one hundred days in office. Tom, first of all, thank you for your time this morning. What do you see in our last couple of minutes here? What do you see as the biggest hurdle that's facing our city today? I, I think the biggest hurdle is for us to begin to believe more in ourselves. Uh, and uh, as you know, I wear an I Love Shreveport sticker or button uh, virtually all the time. We have great people who have great potential, and we have. And it's so easy for it. people to trash. There's nothing here to do. Mm-hmm. Call it Ratchet City. There's a lot of negatives, but I agree with you. We've got to change our own perspective before we can change other people's perspective. Yeah, and their incentives, you know, the incentives are let's clean up the neighborhoods, let's clean up the way the place looks. Uh, we're doing some facelift at the airport. There are a lot of things that we are doing that will enhance the feeling of pride of being a Shreveporter. And once we have that, uh, people can begin to really be proud of being a Shreveport and think of themselves as happy to be in Shreveport. And there's every reason to be happy to be in Shreveport. You know, you, you talk about the airport. When people come through out of the airport and then go down Monkhouse, a lot of those businesses are, you know, they're dilapidated mm-hmm. or they're... Uh, just in bad shape, you know, cleaning up that area even. Well, m- most of those <clears throat> are um, less, aesthetic, less aesthetically, th- 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 but they're not in violation of property standards. Gotcha. And, sure. uh, and so we can encourage, but if, you know, uh, a rising tide lifts all boats, even those that are less than aesthetically pleasant. So that's what, that's what we hope to do with those. Mayor Tom Arsenault, thanks for coming in. Can we do it again soon? Absolutely. Before the April 29th election, we'll Absolutely, have you back. Absolutely, because we didn't get to cover that. We sure didn't, and it's important. <laughs> it is important. It's a, it's a biggie. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Tom, happy pleasure. Easter. Thank you Happy much. Easter to you all. Uh, coming up just after 8 o'clock, also Ronnie Johns, Louisiana Gaming Control Board uh, Chairman, going to join us talking about Diamond Jacks. Micah McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710keel.com.
1017 FM, 710 Keo, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Louisiana Gaming Control Board Chairman Ronnie Johns joining us. Happy Friday, sir, and uh, hope everything smoothed out from yesterday morning. Every, everything is fine. Uh, <laughs> other than a little bad weather down here right now, but we, uh, we're doing good. Hope. Hope you guys are doing good. Doing great there. Thank you for your time joining us this morning. Let me ask you, Ronnie, um, the the foundation gaming proposal, we talked a little bit about it, and they're selling to Cordish. What can you tell us in more detail today about their plan? Well, uh, as we talked about the other day, I think we have a a good uh, idea what happened at the board meeting. We uh, have uh, okayed the uh, buy-sell agreement of, uh, from foundation to uh, Cardish, and uh, first, let me just say this: I want to I want to really thank Foundation for coming up uh, and stepping up to the plate and doing something about the Diamond Jacks property. Uh, without them, we probably wouldn't be where we are today. But um, anyway, uh, I guess you've seen the press release uh, on Cardish. Uh, they are a world class. Uh, operation uh, all over this country. They're based out of, uh, of Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, they have casinos in Florida, Maryland, and Pennsylvania at this time. But they also have the uh, large uh, entertainment destinations all around the country. Uh, what makes the Bossier Project so uh, interesting that with Diamond Jacks is that uh, Cardish uh, uh, owns and operates the Texas Live uh, Entertainment District there in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And if you're not familiar with Texas Live, I would strongly encourage you to get online, take a look at it, and see uh, how incredible this project is. It's next to the Dallas Cowboys Stadium, the Texas Rangers Stadium, uh, they drew nine million people last year into their uh, into their uh, development. There, uh, it's just a world class uh, entertainment district. Ronnie, how will but, Cor- how will Cordish's plan differ from Foundation's plan? Well, we we will know a lot more of uh, that on April the seventeenth. Um, I, I will tell you that they've already committed to enhancing the project significantly. I think they will bring more amenities to the project in terms of entertainment, uh, dining, uh, their, their, their hotel that, that, that's going to be completely renovated. Um, uh, they are just a, a much bigger, much stronger financially, uh, company. They, uh, they just have the ability to bring in a lot more amenities. Uh, now, it's not to say that they're going to build a Texas Live there in Bossier City, uh, but they're they're coming in to build a a, a casino complex. Uh, but you're going to see a lot more amenities on this project, and I think a, a much nicer gaming experience. Uh, I do know for a fact that they've changed up the layout of uh, of the casino floor, the sports bet. The sports betting uh, operation. Uh, they want to uh, uh, expand that. They want to uh, change out the, the layout of it to, to their liking. And so we will know a lot more on April the 17th at the Gaming Control Board meeting when Cardish um, will come in and make a, a formal presentation of, 
of, of their plans to the board. Now, we know they're not going to do something like that Texas Live uh, facility that's in Dallas-Fort Worth, but are they proposing maybe a, a mini version of that or something similar to that here for Shreveport? And what brought them to shreveport Bozier? I think what's brought them to shreveport Bozier is they have a built-in customer base right there two hours away from Bozier. Uh, like I said earlier, they, they actually drew 9 million customers last year into Texas Live. So you're two hours away. You've got a, a, a customer database that they can draw from and say, hey, uh, we, we, we love you being here in, in, in Dallas-Fort Worth, but why don't you come to Bossier to, uh, to our casino? And, um, you know, Texas does not have uh, legalized gaming, so... Uh, uh, it, this is just, I think, another uh, uh, another tool that they can can grow their company. Uh, and uh, I do know for a fact that they will be up in the ante on the amount of, of investment in in Bossier. Uh That will be discussed. I, I, you know, I can't sit here and talk uh, on behalf of Cardish. Uh, we're there to regulate them. Uh, we're going to make sure that they do it the right way. Uh, and, and like I said the other day, I just want everybody in Bossier Shreveport to understand foundation is not walking away from this project. Uh, they're continuing their work right now. They're uh, going to move forward as, uh, Cardish has to go through their suitability process with, with the state, uh, state police. Uh, that takes about six months. Um, uh, you know, we, we know that they're suitable in three other states, so I have no doubt they'll be suitable here. But this is a, uh, a game changer for uh, for the Northwest Louisiana gaming market. Ronnie Johns, uh, you sound like you're really excited about this uh, possibility. I, I am, and, and it's our responsibility as a as a board not not just to regulate, but to make. I I, I think we have a responsibility to the city of Bossier, uh to the parish as a whole, to the whole market up there to bring the, the very best possible uh, venue to that, that license. Look, there's only 15 licenses in the state that are available. And, and I don't think you'll ever see the legislature expand that. So it's, it's very valuable. Uh, and, and we will just want to make sure that we, we deliver the very best product. It's not just about, I used to use this old analogy when I was in the state Senate. Uh, I, I don't want you coming in there and building a warehouse uh, full of slot machines, okay? I want amenities. I want a nice hotel. I want entertainment. I want restaurants. I want shopping. Uh, I say I. I shouldn't use the word I. It's we. We, we as a board. Uh, we want the very best for, for Bossier. And uh, I, I think that uh, Foundation uh, uh, started this. And, and and I give them credit for it, but but Cardish is going to be a game changer for for the market. One more thing, and and it's kind of an elephant in the room. Your two or three predecessors in your seat have have waved a red flag, a caution flag about whether or not Shreveport Bossier could support six casinos. That still has to be something in your brain that you're concerned about that we may not have the market for six casinos. Can you address that this morning? I I I, uh, I can. I absolutely can. Uh, you know, uh, I, it was there are six licenses there, and, and that's uh, 
that's something that I don't see changing anytime soon. Uh, one of those licenses, uh, the Diamond Jacks license, exactly, tried to go to St. Tammany Parish. I think everybody agreed that that's where it um, realistically should have gone. And unfortunately, it didn't go there. The people of St. Tammany said no. But with what you have here, the, the only way to grow the market in Shreveport Bossier is giving the, the, the customer uh, a reason to come to Shreveport Bossier. And, and bringing in a, a company like Cordish is no doubt a, a huge winner for the whole market. Look, not only does this help them, but when you build, uh, when you have uh, new customers coming into the Shreveport Bossier market, like we think that Cardish will bring, uh, that helps every other casino in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, that helps grow the market. And, and so uh, I, I think that the future of Bossier Shreveport is, uh, is stable now. I think that these people know what they're doing. Okay, they mm-hmm. they have been Cardish has been in business for over a hundred years. They're a right. fifth generation company. Uh, they they have uh, developments all over this country. They're multi 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 billion dollar a year uh, operation. So uh, I think they have the ability to grow the market, and uh, that's what, in my opinion, that's what makes uh, this. Uh, uh, this transaction, uh, the right thing to do. Gotcha. So that's Thank where we are. Thank you so much, Ronnie Johns, Gaming Control Board Chairman. We'll be in touch uh, right after your next meeting to see how it went. Okay. Unfortunately, we cannot stream that meeting live. We're going to be in a different uh, venue for because the legislature's in session and we cannot be in the state capitol. I apologize for that, but the public is surely welcome to attend the meeting. It's April 17th, 10 a.m. at the LaSalle building. Okay. Uh, there down that Rouge. Thanks for your time, sir. Thank you, Ronnie. Thank- Happy Easter to y'all. You Happy too. Easter, sir. 1017. 101.7- One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty. <laughs> We've been so busy this morning. Uh thanks again to the mayor for taking time on his day off, by the way. Yes. I, I say day off. He never really has a No. Day if you're off. if you're mayor or police chief, you're you're not off. No, you're working. But uh but coming in, but he spent the seven o'clock hour with us. Uh we haven't had a, a time to talk about some other things that just Aaron like this whole <laughs> this whole Bud Light. This whole Bud Light situation going on right now. Uh, tell me what's happening because I just saw it, you know, blaring up on, uh, flaring up on social media, but I didn't pay attention. What's well, going on? Uh, if you you might have seen the video of Kid Rock that's taken like a, 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 an AR and blasting several cases of Bud Light. Wow! Uh, turning around, he turns around and starts just blasting away, blowing up cases of Bud Light. Travis Tritt has said that he is now dropping Bud Light from. Not that Travis Tritt is a, a big influencer like he mm-hmm. was in the eighties, but yeah, um, he, he says nope, not doing it anymore. Uh, apparently, Bud Light has has gone into a, a partnership with Dylan Mulvaney. If you don't know who don't Dylan know. Mulvaney is, congratulations. I had to look it up. <laughs> um, it's a trans 
uh, what? How did how did they say a trans influencer? Okay. Um, it's it's a it's a guy who now is a, apparently identifying as a woman, mm-hmm. and Bud Light has gone into this agreement with them. They've got his picture on the bottles now, and they're rainbow colored bottles, and they're I. But what Aaron, are you, that's I, I not the demo target demo for Budweiser, is I, it? I, I I'm hard pressed to think of 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 another instance of a company totally disassociating themselves with their core fan base, if you will. Mm. Uh, the NFL did a pretty good job of it a few years ago, trying to uh, distance themselves. You know, from their core fan base, but Bud Light. Now, Anheuser Busch is not an American-owned company anymore. A lot of people might not realize that. Okay, but uh, actually, the, it goes back to 2008. Anheuser Busch sold to InBev, which is a Belgian-Brazilian brewing company that uh, also owns Stella Artois and Bex. Uh, some of their other products. Okay. So uh, Bud Light's not an American-owned product anymore. Mm. And so that company, in InBev, thought it was a good idea to get in bed with this Dylan Mulvaney character. Okay. If if you look it up, you'll kind of you it'll it'll uh, it'll amaze you. I just don't understand because if you were to say a target audience. Budweiser would be one of the ones that well, this is think. not their target audience, not even close. You would oh, think. Oh well, oh well. They they're going to be politically correct though, because they've got to be. Well, I do you though? No. Do you though? No, but Thank that's you. what they think. That's what these big companies think. It's just nuts. Just I, don't do it. Just do what you do best. Make good beer. Well, sell it to whoever. Is is loves your beer. Now you're alienating people that were really, you know, they loved your stuff. And and you know, it's like it's like you know Hollywood. I mean, I'm an actor. I you know, but I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not obviously on that level. I've I've done films. I mm-hmm. do. I do a lot of theater. Um, nobody cares what I. You know. Yeah. I mean, other than this situation we're in right now, too much. Don't come up at the Oscars or the Emmys or the Grammys and try to tell me how to what I should be believing. Right, right. It's not your place. Your place is to play a character and entertain me. I think Budweiser's going to learn we're, real quickly this was a mistake. I, well, I don't know if they'll book. ever admit it. They didn't well, fire their marketing team. They'll feel it in their pocketbook, I'm afraid. Well, one hopes. Mm. Uh, Tiffany Hyde, uh, a local mom here in Shreveport, has been very active in the school lunch uh, debate going on right now. We'll talk to her coming up at 840 with Mike and McCarty. One of one- One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty Erin making laps around the building trying to burn off some steam. She's really pibbing about these school lunches. We're going to talk with Tiffany Hyde uh, and see what can a parent do about these uh, this poor condition of our school lunches. Next, Mike.
1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh, Shreveport mom and fitness expert activist Tiffany Hyde joining us. Tiffany, good morning. Good morning. Tell us about this. Uh, Aaron posted a picture of this, and I'm sure you've seen this. Uh, a slab of ham, a yam, and a roll as, yes. as uh, uh, one of the kids' school lunches. Now, Aaron and I were talking before. We didn't we didn't get to choose our lunches. They they put everything on the plate, but it was good stuff too. Greens and vegetables and fruit, yeah, fruit mm-hmm. and of course a protein and 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 now what what's going on? <laughs> well, um, I guess you can say this is the type of stuff that happens when there's a lot of government overreach. But um, I don't really understand why we can't get this simple solution fixed. It it really shouldn't be that hard. The kids are on a free lunch program, so we're receiving federal funds for you know this to be done. Um, personally, I think a lot of that's probably going to those styrofoam plates you see instead of just washing a dish that actually lasts about 20 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, those green I'm, trays with the compartments in each. Oh one. yeah, yes. yeah. That, the whole pot, the pizza filled up the whole site, like the whole spot. T- Tiffany, let me read you the statement that I because I reached out to the school system and they gave me a picture of the the actual meal they claim was served at Northwood that day that wasn't just the ham and the roll and the yam. They say there was green beans and pineapple, blah, blah, blah. And they say this, quote, our child nutrition program works closely with parents and students to develop menus that include healthy and enjoyable food options. The picture that is circulating on social media shows the items that were selected by a student and not the meal that was offered during lunch. This process is called offer versus serve, which Caddo implements to reduce food waste. Is that baloney? No pun intended? Absolutely. But that may have been the first student in line, mm-hmm. <laughs> or that may have been the way the plate was supposed to have looked. But I can guarantee you, uh, I received multiple, not just one or two kids, you know, sending pictures of the school lunch. I was getting multiple pictures of that school lunch. And then also kids, they ran out, you know, they ran out of the, um, you know, some of the items, I guess, that were supposedly offered. But I can tell you one thing, you put fruit in front of kids when they're hungry, nine times out of 10, they're not going to turn that down. So you're saying they ran out of all the fruit, the pineapple and the peaches and grapes, they ran out of all that is what you believe. I mean, it might I'm sitting here thinking if you want to try to tell me after I get multiple pictures of kids saying that this is what they received and you want to say that, oh, this is what was offered, well, then where did it go? Because mm-hmm. it certainly didn't end up on all these kids' plates. Right. And are all kids forced to go through the line at all grade levels because they get federal funding based on how many kids get a meal? Is that accurate or no? They, I mean, I was told that they're supposed to go through the line and get um, a meal. Now, some schools enforce that and say, you know, you got to go through the line. Some, you know, schools that I've talked to do not force the kids to go through the line, especially if they brought them. Some schools do make them at least get a milk. And, I mean, most of them don't even, you know, I mean, think about how many kids are actually lactose intolerant or just don't like milk. And my kids aren't going to drink that milk there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think they try to enforce, you know, the rule of going through the line, but I can't speak for every school, but they do, or they are required to go through so many plates a day 
a count of plates and there's those are supposed to be you know served or discarded or whatever mm-hmm. in order to continue to get the funding that they receive now I, I you said that they, they get federal funding do do all children get free lunch now is all the students parish yeah, in Caddo Parish. Because we used to bring lunch money, and then we I would bring an extra nickel mm-hmm. for an extra milk because, you know, so we got chocolate milk, and I would get an extra one. So that's, yeah. they don't even have to pay for that now. Is no, that correct? It's, it's free. no, it's free lunch, but they don't have to pay for it in Caddo Parish. You know, they it is free. So because of the funding that they receive. But like I said, I don't understand why we're wasting so much of that that fund funding to use styrofoam and pipes and plastic forks and stuff like that we could be using that money to put it into making the food better maybe they can get two slices of pizza i find tiffany we're talking to tiffany Hyde. i find a fallacy in the school board statement that they sent to me in this let me read you let me read you this and then i know you're going to you might laugh out loud. They sent me the list of what was served at Northwood with the ham and the yam and the green beans and pineapple and peaches and grapes. And the list also includes butter cake with icing. Is there a kid out there on, in America that's going to turn down butter cake? And I didn't see butter cake on that plate that everybody is sending out. Um, and, then, and then they say there were enough portions for all students and the food was available until the end of lunch. So where's the butter cake on that plate that is circulating? <laughs> well, they ate they that food. I told you you were going to laugh, didn't I? They almost ate the butter cake and then sent the picture. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you and me both got this picture from multiple people, right? <laughs> yes. Was there a butter cake on any of them? I didn't see a butter cake on a single okay, one. Okay, like so you they and they that up. about the cake. Yeah, because you, you and I now, I now we now I know the answer. You and I got pictures from all the diabetics in Caddo Parish. Okay, is that no, what it is? What is that? Okay, on the picture that I'm looking at that has the green beans and the looks like pineapple, right above the pineapple in the lid of this tray. What is that to the left? Is that the cake with the icing? That right must there? be the cake. Yeah, that must be the cake. Because they sent me this picture saying, here's what actually was served at Northwood. So I think that's it right there. You can see it at keelnews.com. But to, to say that kids turn down cake makes their argument <laughs> seem ludicrous. Am I wrong? Oh, oh, I like the state where they say they work closely with the parents. <laughs> oh, when, when was your last meeting about nutrition? Did you have with a meeting the, about nutrition? With the lunch lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you one thing. Caddo Parish does not work closely with parents um, that are actually trying to work closely with them. I went to the school board about this several months ago. Mm-hmm. I have been actively in speaking with um, one board member, the one that's over our district. And she's been a huge help whenever I do have an issue with, you know, within the schools. Um, I do know as a parent that if you do contact the principal of the school, now it's not always easy to get in touch with the principal, um, but you, if you do push, you know, to try to get to talk to them, you can get a lot of things resolved if you do talk directly to the principal. Hmm. Um I just, I mean, I've, I've reached out to the lady that is actually over the school lunches, Miss um, Lynch. Mm-hmm. I've sent her multiple emails. I spoke to her the day that we had the school board meeting whenever she came to me to discuss this and talk about the plan and all this kind of stuff. But 
I've also sent her emails after the fact, and I haven't heard a word from her. So, Well, Tiffany Hyde, I'm going to call the sheriff because there's an awful lot of butter cake missing. <laughs> Somebody's got. If they had enough for everybody, and I got pictures from dozens and dozens of kids with no butter cake on the plate, somebody is stealing butter cake. Somebody is. One seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty Aaron this 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 show flew by today I know it's been it's been amazing it really has by the way if you have tried to contact us on the uh, Shreveport Security Systems message board we think there might be an issue mm-hmm. uh, we haven't seen messages this morning yeah I'm not sure so we'll, we'll get our IT people on it please don't think we're ignoring you right um, they, uh, we we've been having some some streaming issues and some technical issues. Uh, past past several days, mm-hmm. so um, just just to let you know about that, uh, it may be the flooding. Could be, C- could, could be, be some... the flooding. That's what it is. Yes. Our, our, our server room is flooded. That's what so, it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, I, I'm not even going to kid about no, that because we, we did go through that. Absolutely. Uh, but the the weather is affecting several areas in Shreveport. Cross Lake, uh, the boat launches are all closed right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cross Lake officials are asking you to just avoid the lake. Uh, they've uh, they've got some of the gates of the they're five total four that's what I said mm-hmm. four mm-hmm. total yep three have been operating but as of yesterday or today they were only able to open two of right. the gates yesterday they got two open and they um, called in an emergency repair crew to to fix the third one so they can get it open the fourth one they've never really been able to open. It, they, you well, know, it, and, it just blows my mind. And so they've left it alone because they're afraid if they open it, it, they won't be able to close it. There's concern well, about it. Get so. somebody in to fix it. I know. That. And maybe this, these people will look at the fourth one, too. It's a little bit of a different gait. I think it's a different animal. But we've got the, the weather reports. From, uh, Richard Llewellyn sent me a note saying we got 3.07 inches of rain yesterday, breaking a record we set for the date back in 1940. When we got 3.04 inches of rain. And I asked him how much rain we've gotten since the beginning of the month. And it's over six inches. And for the year, Mikey Poo. Yeah, this is incredible. We're closing in on 25 inches of rain. Which is about 10 and a half inches above normal. Yes. That's a lot of wet days. And I don't think it's done yet. No, we got more rain coming today and tomorrow, by the way. Saturday doesn't look great. Oh, man, I'm not but looking. But Sunday, at... Easter Sunday looks good. That's a good thing. But, the, but for Easter egg hunts tomorrow and all, it'll just be mud hut mud hunts. Because yeah. even if we don't have rain, the ground is so saturated that when you put eggs out there, the, little, the youngsters will be. So let them wear their mud boots. And, you know, if you're going Easter egg hunting tomorrow, we do have a uh, flood warning for Bodcaw Bayou, Bayou Dorcheat at Lake Bistino, and Bayou Dorcheat at Dixie Inn. And a flood watch remains in effect for much of for the Shreveport Bossier area. Just, man, it's just too much. I'm done with it. We're it going makes to Dixie Inn this evening. Are you? Yeah. Oh, which restaurant? Are you going to the crawfish hole? Yep. Ooh, crawfish hole number two. Here comes Mikey. We've got family that lives uh, uh, past Minden, 
uh, okay. around in Athens and up in the Homer area. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're going to meet. My daughter came into town. She's going hunting tomorrow. They're doing turkey hunting. Oh, cool. Uh, tomorrow. So they're going to go actually shoot some. Uh, they've got some new guns and they're going to try out these new guns. So we're going to go meet and uh, tonight have crawfish. And Do you know today, I did not know this, Good Friday is the single biggest day for crawfish sales in Louisiana. Oh, really? More people eat well, crawfish I'm, on Good Friday than any other day. So well, you're going to be we, have a crowd. I hope we get in then because <laughs> yes. we're bringing a crowd with us. Oh, you'll have a crowd. It's like ladies going to the bathroom. <laughs> they come back and go, well, there was a line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you took the line with you. That's exactly. An old, that's an old joke. So we hope you have a happy Easter and enjoy time with your, your loved ones. And, and I really hope you get a solid chocolate bunny. <laughs> Not a hollow one. No. And uh, Broadmoor Baptist Church, by the way, having several services on Easter Sunday. We mm-hmm. would love to see you. You bet. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Love you deeply. Love you deeply, too. 101.7.